Welcome to another episode of the Home Run on Wheels podcast, where we chronicle the baseball trip of a lifetime while raising awareness of the needs of children in the foster system through our partnership with Children's Hope Alliance. This is Ron Clements in Houston with my wife, Patty. Howdy. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you. So Tuesday night, we went to Minute Maid Park, number 27 for us, another retractable roofed stadium. And uh, that is what we are going to focus today's episode on, roofed stadiums. We have been to a few of them. Yeah, and we will not hit another one. So we've seen all of them, all six retractable roof stadiums and, of course, the permanently roofed one in, in uh, Tampa or St. Petersburg, rather. Right. Uh, the Ray Stadium, Tropicana Field. One of our least favorite stadiums. You said it felt like a hockey arena. Yeah, it has its own charm in that it is, is different, mm-hmm. but not my favorite stadium. That by ghastly any catwalk kind that, of... walk, that goes around the, the dome of the stadium is horrible. Well, the ball can hit it and it can actually cause yeah. an issue, which, by the way... We saw Tuesday, yes, and we'll get to that in a second. Three of the four roof stadiums we saw, the roof was open when we were there. I'm skipping Miller Park because the roof was closed and it was open, and then it was closed and it was open, and it was closed and it was open. Whatever. I think we you might have just games. made some of that up, but, but yes. Uh, Marlins Park, we were thankful the roof was open for opening day, and it was fantastic. It was awesome, and I actually, I don't know if you saw it, but I got to see the roof actually coming open, and that was kind of cool. Yeah, see the mechanism working. Yeah, we were uh, getting ready to interview Michael Williams outside the stadium because the Marlins donated 40 tickets to our kids of Miami-Dade for opening day. And when we're out there, yeah, the roof was closed when we initially showed up. And then, we, yeah, it opened as we were sitting outside waiting to go in. Yeah, and I again, we've said this before, but if Miami had the fan base, that would be right up there. Oh, yeah. We had fun. And we've made the comment before that Rogers Center in Toronto felt very much like Marlins Park. They're very similar stadiums. The, sta- the roof opens in the same way. And again, the roof there in Toronto, because it was a gorgeous day on Mother's Day there, it was open. They play on artificial turf there, which we didn't like. Baseball should be played outside on grass, right? I don't really have a problem with turf, but yes, it must be outside as far as I'm concerned, except when I'm enjoying the air conditioning in Phoenix. That was yeah, quite nice. We'll, we'll get to that. The other stadium where we went to, where the roof was open, another beautiful day, right after the All-Star break, was in Seattle. It was kind of funny. We were, Seattle's known for a lot of rainy weather and stuff, but we were there for four days in July, and it did not rain one bit. It did not. And actually, I recall when I was there when I was younger, and it didn't rain. I think we were there for like 10 days, and it never rained. And you always hear how much it rains, and I know it does. Yeah. I think, though, with all three of those stadiums completely different feel when the roof is closed like we enjoyed all three of those stadiums had we been there when the roof was closed i think it would have been a completely different story i agree for sure i'm not sure if i think back on it and if i were going to say one versus another i still feel like the stadium in miami still has is so wide that maybe it would be feel open anyway I don't know. It's just a perception thing. Right. 
but I think definitely in Seattle it would feel closed in. Yeah, and Seattle, the roof open, it slides open to one side. Um, I think Minute Maid Park and Chase Field are similar in that the stadium has the roof that opens to either side. It kind of cuts it in half, where half of it goes one side, half of it goes the other. Uh, Safeco Field completely slides to one direction. <laughs> the band? Not the no, band, no, not the band. I knew that's what yeah, you were you, thinking. <laughs> you saw me. I almost like started making myself laugh there. But hey, hey, at least now we have an outro song to, to go with. There will be some One Direction played later. <laughs> All right. It fits perfectly in Houston, Texas, right? One um, Direction, a British boy band. Um, I'm thinking no, but eh, whatever. It's going to happen. <laughs> hey, we went with Deep in the Heart of Texas on the last episode, so we did, which we indeed. heard. At Minute Maid Park. Of course, because yeah, we during are during the seventh inning deep stretch. In the heart of Texas. We are. Seventh inning stretch at Minute Maid Park. That was kind of cool. Um, playing not just Take Me Out to the Ball Game, but then Deep in the Heart of Texas. That, that was kind of fun. That is something we've seen at a few stadiums. They'll, they'll play another song that right. kind of is their theme song. Yeah, they had a special right song in the... San Diego. I can't remember what it was. But, uh, but anyway, um, San Diego is very open. Open air stadium, beautiful stadium. We loved it. Absolutely loved that uh, stadium. So, but Miller Park, though, let's back up a little bit. First game we went to, the Brewers donated 50 tickets to a new family services for the June 21st game against the Cardinals. The roof was closed. I think it was raining outside. And again, you were like, great, I've still never been to a game at Miller Park where the roof is open. Right. But then we went two days later and the roof was open. The Cardinals won that game, which probably made you enjoy it even more. Of course um, it did. <laughs> but for people who maybe have not been to a stadium with a retractable roof when the, when the roof is open, or maybe they haven't been to a retractable roof at all, kind of try to describe the different feel of when the roof is open as opposed to when it's closed. Well, I mean, it, it kind of goes without saying almost that it's airy. I remember Uh, when we sat down in Atlanta after seeing the Marlins and the Rays, Atlanta, uh, SunTrust Park was our third stadium. You, we sat down there, we had outfield seats. We sat down there and you just said, this feels like baseball. Right. And I will say a lot of stadiums since then have that feel. Um, I'll say Pittsburgh is one of them. Mm -hmm. Our favorite. Right. Of course. And Cincinnati does. A lot of them have that feel. Mm-hmm. Of course, Camden, etc. A lot of them have the baseball feel that we were missing in some of the other stadiums when we first started out. Again, it just feels, I like openness, and that's one of the reasons, and I'm going to say it again, and you know, you said I'm making the New York fans angry, but whatever. I don't care for when there's a lot of concrete, and it feels closed in. You know, when the concourses are opened up, that's what I like. I like an open feel. I can see the ball game going on when I'm out in the concourse. It doesn't have to be everywhere. Right. But at least from a lot of places, it's easy to, when you're grabbing something to eat or whatever you're doing or you're exploring, you can you hear something going on and you run over yep. and it's easy to see what's going on. I agree. And that is one thing that, you, the, that Yankee Stadium definitely lacks. Heck, even as old as Fenway Park is, even Fenway Park had that where you can... You know, you, if, no matter where you are, you can still see the field pretty much. Somewhat. Down in the very bottom, that wasn't quite true. But yes, you could get to it pretty easily. 
So the roof was open, or excuse me, roof was closed at Miller Park, then the roof was open. Then we went back on July 4th. The roof was open initially, but it was like 95 degrees outside, and there was a threat of rain, so they decided to close the roof. And then we really felt the sweltering heat because it was like they didn't turn on the AC. Well, you think about how much air is in there Uh when they've closed that and it's been open. It's going to be hot air. It was. And it was about 20 minutes before they finally opened the roof back up to kind of a sarcastic applause from those who were sweating it out at Miller Park on July 4th. (laughs) And it was a little humid at Minute Maid, but... I will say I was very impressed with Phoenix in that matter because it's very warm there, oh, it's but it didn't feel very bad. Very warm is like saying a, <laughs> you know, in, 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 in oven is warm. Whatever. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot outside. Okay, people. But when you step inside that stadium, it's It felt cool. great. It felt you know, great. and I actually experienced that when I did my feature story on Dayon Buchanan of the Arizona Cardinals, the NFL team. When I did a feature story on Dayon Buchanan, I was at University of Phoenix Stadium, and you can read that story at ronclementsports.com, but when I did that story and I'm interviewing Dayon, I was actually kind of chilly, and Dayon Buchanan (laughs) inside the stadium was wearing a hoodie. So, yeah, I think Arizona knows how to cool things down because they they live there. And you're right. When we were at Minute Maid Park on Tuesday, we were in the 300 section. And it was hot. We were literally sweating inside. The roof was closed. Yeah, I, I again, I wouldn't necessarily say hot as much as humid. And I think that's the difference right there. It's less humid in Arizona in general. Although my friend Katie was mentioning that it was more humid than usual while we were there. But comparatively, not so much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I will say if and when we do make it to Arizona for spring training in March, it should be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to see that stadium with the roof open. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's not during spring training, but right. you know what we I mean. We do plan on seeing a game there early in the year after spring training. And while we are thankful that the roof was closed in both Arizona and Houston, we do want to see the roof open because you experience that and you want to kind of see the other side of it. And it's like, okay, this is okay. How can it be better? And two comparisons we made with both Minute Maid Park and Chase Field, because I think they're very similar to each other and just kind of the way they feel. Uh, Chase Field is the, the vertical scoreboards, both down the left field and right field lines that show kind, kind of the out-of-town uh, scores. Minute Maid does not have that. Minute Maid does have the uh, Chick-fil-A signs, though, down the fall poles. Those are funny. Chick, was it, it, it chicken was, is fair, beef is foul, I think, right? Yeah, and they actually had yeah. the sign on the, the fair side, itself. on the foul pole itself, but it had it on the fair side with the chicken, uh-huh. and the cow Pals, was on the foul, foul side. side. Right. Mm-hmm. So there were different, little different aspects, but we likened both of those fields, though, to Miller Park. Because we saw that with the roof closed. Not just that, just the way the field is laid out and yeah. the stadium itself yep. is laid out is no, similar. No, not the same, right. but similar. Similar, right. Kind of like Marlins Park and Rogers Center. No, they're not the same. They're, it's not like they're carbon copies of each other, but they do feel similar. Right. Just like Miller Park, Chase Field, and Minute Maid Park all feel similar. I think had we seen Safeco Field with the roof closed, we probably would feel the same way about that. I don't know. <laughs> We were told 
that the same architect who did Miller Park did Chase Field. That was incorrect. And we were told Tuesday that the same architect who did Miller Park did Minute Maid Park. So, you know, you got to figure there, even if they are different architectural firms, whatever works, works, you know. So while Miller Park is the only stadium in baseball that has the fan roof the way it opens like a fan. because And it's caused them problems, by the way. Yeah, it has. Uh, it's you know, but it is unique. But like we're saying though, the f- overall feel and layout of the stadium itself though is very similar between those three. And I think I, it's just the dark maybe too, and the and sunshine versus the dark is the other thing I think that sitting up me. in the three hundred level, right behind home plate where we were, we're in three seventeen. We had a really good view of the field. What we did not like though was in the ninth inning we decided to go down and we sat down the left field line and we were kind of blinded by those lights. They're LED lights that they've put in. Very poor placement of those lights, and it's tough to just see the field itself because you're you're like squinting, like you're looking right into the sun. But no, it's just a bunch of halogens blasting in your eyeballs. I didn't think it was too bad if you're looking down, but like even there were a couple times you lose the ball up in the lights. And we will talk about a ball going way up into the lights right after this word from Children's Hope Alliance. Did you know there are enough kids in foster care to fill the rosters of almost 1,500 MLB teams and their entire farm systems? We need more foster parents. Visit childrenshopealliance.org to learn more. Any child should be able to at least go to a foster home and experience the family. After a traumatic past, Briar was fostered and adopted through Children's Hope Alliance. I felt like God chose this place, and I feel like when He opened the door for them being my foster parents, He also opened the door for them being my mom and dad. There are kids right now in your community waiting for someone like you to open their hearts and home. To learn more about becoming a foster parent or to learn how to spread the word about fostering, visit childrenshopealliance.org advocate. Welcome back to the Home Run on Wheels podcast, and Patty, we've teased people enough. Stephen Piscotti, Tuesday night, hit a ball so high that it never landed. It was really funny because it went up there, and it was like, you're sitting there thinking, is that, is it stuck up there? What the, yeah, it Mar- is stuck up yeah, there. Yeah, Marwin Gonzalez, the Astros left fielder, was drifting over toward the foul line, and he got to the wall. And all of a sudden, he stopped and just kind of like looked up and shrugged his, but like put his hands up in the air, like the ball's up there. It got stuck in one of the V joints, the the beams. They all come together. It got stuck. I guess it like landed right there. But I mean, Piscotti hit this thing higher than you see anybody hit a baseball. Yeah, if it had been going straight out or you know at a better angle, it would have been out of there. Yep. It was out of there in the. Wrong kind of sense. Right. <laughs> and the ball, the that beam where it got stuck was literally right down the left field line. So they ruled it a foul ball. I think Piscotti ended up striking out. But the A's got the last laugh because they won the game. They did win. It was close there for a while, though. Yeah, 4-3. to three. Uh, But the home teams are still 17-15 and 15 so far on our trip. And I mentioned that when I did an interview on the 8th. 2D podcast with Thomas Arnone, a guy who we met in San Diego, Philadelphia guy. I'm glad we had had them on. We're kind of getting a little more media coverage uh, this morning. Going to be on with a Houston radio station friend who I know from St. Louis, Cliff Saunders, is going to uh, give us some airtime. But somebody who we never knew, 
Jason Bristol from KHOU in Houston came out to the RV Tuesday before we went to the game, Tuesday afternoon, and he did a piece on us. It was out here for a while, but we got our uh, you know our two minutes of fame on the Houston television station there. Uh, and we we did, and you know he checked out the RV. We talked to him for a while. It was an interesting conversation. It's funny how you think about how things get pieced together mm-hmm. to make a two minute right spot. But you know, and we're not saying oh it was only two minutes. No, we're we're grateful for for the time we've had. Absolutely. Newspaper um, coverage. We've had radio coverage, but you know, there's just this is the first TV coverage we've had, and there's something special about television because you see photographs in newspapers. You don't have that on on radio, but t- television, you know, you can see and hear us and the RV, and and uh, I think Jason did a really good job putting that together. Absolutely. It, and it feels a little more personal, I think, sometimes mm-hmm. when you see it that way. But again, the important part is not our two minutes of fame. It's getting the getting message the word out. out there. Right, exactly. And KHOU is one of the bigger television stations in Houston. Houston's the fourth largest city in the country. So we know that got to a lot of eyeballs. Heck, we we know we gained a couple of followers and likes in the Home Run on Wheels Facebook page. So if you're in Houston and you're listening to this... Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Howdy. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> right. But uh, so we're going to Sunday's game again at Minute Maid Park before we head up to um, Dallas on Monday. Uh, so Monday's episode of the Home Runner Wheels podcast, we will be getting ready to leave Houston. Um, but we're not staying in an RV park up there. We got to actually get to be out of the RV for a, a few days again. We're going to park it in front of my mom's house there in Coppell, Texas, out just north of Dallas, and that'll be fun. Yeah, spend some family time. We've gotten to see family in we have. lots of different parts of the country, we which have, is and, nice. And which is fantastic. Heck, we went to Tuesday's game with your cousin and their baby, Gabriel, yeah. who um, Gabriel saw old, his first game. Gabriel was not ready to see his first game. But he game. didn't see all of it, but that's okay. Yep. Gabriel did not like the noise, um, even though he had headphones. I can't blame him, really. Yeah, five months old. He was crying quite a bit. They left in the fourth inning, but it was good to see them. We had dinner with them before the game. Yeah, it was really nice Caressa to visit Tim. with them. Yes, But we will talk about Holmes's third game of the season on Monday's episode of the Home Run on Wheels podcast. And joining us at Sunday's game as well will be my brother, who's going to come down from San Antonio to to go to the game with us. So that'll be fun. So until then, have a great weekend, guys. And remember, dance all night to the best song ever. Dance all night.